Coming up on today's Midco Sports Network podcast. They played their way into the state tournament. They deserve the chance as well. So Class B really represent what I think is great about the Sweet 16 yeah, I, format. I like it because we've got, like you said, so many quality teams. We still have representation from the Faiths, the Burke South Central. Yes. So a lot of the regions still represented. There's a couple that are not. Welcome to the Midco Sports Network podcast. Here's Jason Andera. Hello and welcome to another Midco Sports Network podcast. Always some of the most fun podcasts of the year to put together are the state championship previews. And yes, we are to the end of another season. This is the volleyball season. I'm Jason Andrea, joined by Darren Tipton. Darren, thanks for coming into Midco SN today. Hey, Ben, it's great to be back talking volleyball, Jason. It is. It's been fun talking volleyball with you this year. Um, I've learned a lot. I know that. It's been quite a season of, of a lot of teams that we expected to do well to be getting the season in our first podcast that we're going to see play here in Rapid City at the end of the week. So just a quick overall comment on this season of volleyball and what stood out for you. Well, I think we talked about uh, Class A right away being you know senior heavy. We'll talk about that with our preview. Some of the heavyweights, uh, you know, pretty much uh, sustained their rankings throughout the year. You have defending champs in Double A Harrisburg uh, with only the one loss on the season. Repeated as ESD champs Northwestern. So if you look, our preseason rankings uh, basically the ones held yeah. the same. Sioux Falls Christian Dakota Valley flipped, uh, but they were. Basically, one, two, um, you know, a coin toss at the beginning of the year. So the heavyweights have survived. They have the one seeds going into the tournament. But uh, the great thing about postseason play is uh, you still got to win three more games to become state champs. So. You're right. And uh, I don't think there's any class with more parity than the first one we're going to talk about class double A, where you just feel like anything could happen. Yeah, you look at these seeds, and I, I couldn't believe, uh, you know, as I follow these teams for the year, I couldn't believe when O'Gorman, uh, which I think is a very talented uh, team, a young team, but a, a very talented team, and they end up being the eighth seed. And uh, these teams basically all play each other during the season. Some play se- uh, a couple times during the season. So there's familiarity. Uh, they play each other year after year. So there aren't going to be any surprises. Uh, scouting, they have great yeah. game plans. They have great you know, scouting reports on each team. So a lot of parity in Class AA. I think that's true year to year. Uh, and they're used to seeing each other. So uh, I, I don't know if you consider any of these an, an upset as we look at these matchups. Yeah, just... Just looking at the Sweet 16 to get to right. this point, um, you know, I guess there were a couple of really mild upsets, but for the most part, I, I think the cream of the crop survived. Right, and and with the pairings, you know, the Sweet 16 matchups, uh, you know, that helped uh, again the philosophy to get the eight best teams to the state tournament, uh, but even when we're looking, I think uh, Washington defeated Sioux Falls Lincoln. Well, that's an inner city battle; right. those are rivals. Um, you know, could have gone either way. Uh, you know, so even that Sweet 16 matchups, uh, there was a lot of parity in those as well. But uh, I think we did get the the eight best teams uh, at the state tournament, which is the the goal of the new format. That's right. We start with noon Mountain Time. Of course, these are all in Rapid City this year. With the number one versus number eight, Harrisburg takes on Sioux Falls O'Gorman. Harrisburg, of course, the defending champs with so much talent back on their team. They're missing uh, one player from last year's tournament, but 
overall, they have really fit those shoes well as uh, as the favorite this year. But they have a tough draw in O'Gorman, don't they? Right. Uh, yeah, Sioux Falls O'Gorman. You know, Harrisburg comes in with a 20-1 record. Uh, O'Gorman 17-15, and 15, which to me was surprising. But they played a, a couple of really difficult tournaments of Iowa competition. Uh, and, you know, I... I don't know. They, they've been really up and down, which maybe uh, talks about their youth and maybe some of their inexperience a little bit, but also a ton of talent on that team. Harrisburg, uh, I think, you know, we talked back to August and when we interviewed Coach Costain before mm-hmm. the season, she talked about this group of seniors wanting to make their own mark, right? right. And yeah, they had the experience of last year, but they wanted to make this their year, put their stamp on the program. And, you know, they've done that. We talked about, you know, the two wins versus Mitchell. Uh, the last one, uh, you know, they won 3-0. Uh, the first one, a classic matchup, you know, they win in five, but they only have the one loss to Sioux Falls, Washington. They've uh, upheld the number one ranking all year, the defending champs, uh, repeated as ESD champs. That's difficult to do on a night in, night out basis. This group of seniors, uh, you know, has, has done it all year. And and you talk about Avery Thorson, mm-hmm. uh, one of the player of the year candidates, uh, you know, Wasnick, Fisnick, uh, Fiske, and, and Nelson, those four yeah. uh, core seniors on that team. And they are the most veteran team in double A. Hands down, uh, a class that's probably a little bit more underclassman laden. They are the veterans. They are the defending champs. And up until this point, they have uh, not shown the pressure of, you know, uh, carrying those expectations. But you look at O'Gorman, and they've had some wins on the year uh, where you look uh, you know, Owen two versus Rapid City Stevens, uh, another state tournament team. They did lose to uh, Harrisburg in their only other match, but two and zero versus Sioux Falls Washington, who I think is another hot team, oh, yeah. and would not be surprised to see them win a match, two matches, uh, you know, at all in the yeah. state tournament. Uh, so they're two and zero against Washington, and they are the Metro, uh, you know, Metro Conference champions. Four seniors on their team, a lot of underclassmen, but a very talented team. Again, this doesn't seem like a one versus no. eight matchup to me. I don't think either team is real thrilled with that draw in a first round matchup. Of course, you know who else are you going to play? There, there's a lot of tough teams in this field, but. O'Gorman has to be thinking, oh, man, we got Harrisburg right off the bat, and Harrisburg's got to be thinking, oh, man, we've got O'Gorman right off the bat. Right, and, and sometimes it's how, you know, the, again, we're talking about 16, 17, yeah. 18, 18-year-old kids. They're all going to respond differently. Uh, when you have young kids that maybe don't have quite as much state tournament experience, they can go one of two ways. They can be nervous, okay, or they can show up with nothing to lose, play totally free, and you have that expectations from Harrisburg. How's that going to weigh on them? Up until, up until this point, it has an effect on them all. Actually, they've risen to the occasion. Uh, but, you know, I just don't think you're going to see a lot of 3-0 matches in the state tournament. There's going to be a lot of dogfights. Um, and you're going to have to play three solid nights of volleyball to win the A state championship. Yeah, you're going to have to regardless. Let's move on to the okay. 4-5 matchup. 1.45 set for the start time, of course. That's mountain time as well. Anytime you have a 4-5 matchup, it's got to be a pretty decent matchup, right? We've got Aberdeen and Watertown. Yeah, and we do. And, and when you break this one down, it is uh, very even. Uh, Aberdeen comes in 16-5, and five, Watertown 14-7. and seven. They split during the regular season. You know, Aberdeen Central was one of those teams during the years. You talked to coach, you just kind of waited for them to get on a roll. And they're really up and down, maybe a little bit during the year, weren't 
you know, playing maybe as well as they had expected, but they got hot at the yeah. end of the season. And and uh, I think I kind of, you know, wrote it down here, consistency, you know, with them. Uh, they ended the year uh, pushing Harrisburg to five sets. Yeah. They ended up losing, but they went to five sets with Harrisburg. Uh, they beat Mitchell. Uh one of the last matches of the year, and, and they, they swept them 3-0. Uh, you know, uh, 1-0, they did go 0-2 on the year versus Harrisburg, uh, but I think Who Aberdeen Central yeah. is playing their best volleyball yeah. right now. They're playing a little bit more consistent. And again, uh, you know, six seniors, maybe a little more veteran team with Aberdeen Central, probably second only to Harrisburg as far as experience in the tournament. Peyton Burkhart, uh, you know, Laura Babcock is... They're libero, another senior, uh, you know, City Wirebaugh, one of the senior setters. And a lot of these names, you know, this is a multi-sport team where a lot of this group, you're going to hear their names sticking together and playing on a very senior-laden, one of the best girls basketball teams yes. in the state. So they play together. I think they're a great team. The key for them will be consistency. Can they put three of their best matches together in the state tournament. You talk about, uh, you know, Watertown and, and Coach Hertz, only two seniors, a young team. Uh, you know, they have split with Huron. They split with Aberdeen Central, uh, de uh, defeated O'Gorman on the year. So they have some quality wins. But again, when you look at their season, it's up and down, right? A little bit of ebb and flow again. Uh, when you're talking about maybe a more inexperienced team, you're going to see some of that. But this is an ESD battle. They're very familiar with each other. And like you said, it's four versus five. A lot of times those are coin toss matchups anyways. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more that Aberdeen Central seems to be playing their best ball at the end of this season. But you get into the tournament, and sometimes that doesn't matter. Sometimes it does. Right. Uh, can't wait for that one. Let's move on to our evening session, session two, where Rapid City Stevens kind of gets a home game here. They're the yeah. three seed, taking on number six, Huron, never an easy out with Coach Buddenhagen and what she does. Right, and you talk about that. When you see Huron, as I talk to coaches around the state, that's one thing Huron's known for. You know you'll get their best matchup. You know they're going to be tough. They're not going to give you easy points. Maybe not always the top-level talent of some other schools, but what a compliment to their program, how hard they play. And that coach, that comes directly, uh, directly from Shelly. Um, every year they are a tough out. You know they will get their best matchup. Uh, they come in with 14 and 10 record, uh, but again, it pushed a lot of teams to the brink. Uh, they played Stevens earlier. Uh, Stevens with a victory earlier this season. Actually, Stevens is defeated here on twice. Home court advantage uh, should be a lot of uh, Raider fans in Rapid City. Uh, you know, they come in 28 and six. This is a team that I didn't realize until later in the year. They have zero seniors on the team. They are all underclassmen. Uh, and you talk a couple of Marley Schneider, uh, one of their top players, uh, junior setter, Liz Schaefer. We've talked about her sure. in the year. Great it athlete. Seems like she should be a senior by now because she's played so much, but you're yeah. right. Not a senior yet. Yeah. Uh, junior as well, outside hitter. And then Phoebe Rossi, another name mm -hmm. that was brought to my attention about halfway through the year. I got to watch a couple of their games on the internet. Very talented player as well. Stevens, uh, you know, they had about. I would say about a 16 match win streak in the middle of the year where they went to Gillette, yeah. won a tough Gillette tournament. Uh, earlier in the year, they swept the Sioux Falls schools when they played. Now, later in the year, uh, dropped a couple matches. And I know, uh, I believe Washington and Roosevelt defeated them later, uh, you know, Aberdeen Central. So who knows? Uh, 
where they're at as far as their top levels, but they're going to have that home court advantage again, like you talked about. Talented team. I'm excited to see a couple of the, C, uh, the Stevens kids that maybe we don't get to see as often. And uh, that, you know, Stevens is very, very talented. They proved that during the year. And and I'm sure they're excited to uh, defend their home court and uh, get playing good volleyball again. Yeah, that'll be an exciting one for sure. And then the nightcap, we've got the Mitchell Colonels talking about another young team who's had a great season. Uh, they come in as the number two seed facing another young team, the yeah. number seven Sioux Falls Washington Warriors, who have really had some high highs. And again, consistency may be the key for them. Right, and and it's kind of funny. I talked about this at the at the, the preview uh, the preview show before the season right. that this is a squad that last year what did they do? They struggled out of the gate. Uh, Coach Schroeder got his system implemented. They figured out their rotations, and at the end of the year, they were uh, as tough of a team seven and two in their last nine right yeah and so this year uh they started out four and eight since then they're 15 and five yeah Uh, and they have the only victory over harrisburg this season uh you know they've defeated harrisburg so obviously if they can play with them uh they can play with about anywhere uh anybody they beat rapid city stevens Mm -hmm. as well uh other half of that bracket but mitchell mitchell all year basically the number two seed in the state number two ranking in the state all year long Junior dominated. You talk about uh, Mackenzie Miller, yeah. uh, you know, Chelsea Brewster, another very talented player for them. Uh, their year, maybe we talked about a year early for them, but they're back in the state tournament. They missed the state last right. year. They're back in the state tournament. Uh, you have two underclassmen dominated teams. Again, how will they show up on night one? Because either team is going to have to play a solid match to advance out of the first round. How much your nerves going to play a part? Um, you know who's going to play loose, who's going to play free, uh, who's going to play their best volleyball, and just not give up extra free points. And I think when you talk about Sioux Falls, Washington, the biggest change with them—that's what they were doing uh, earlier in the year—and mm-hmm. as they shored that up, shored their defense up, right, and quit giving away free points in big matches, they started winning more and more of their matchups. So this again, two and seven. Yeah. I don't look at this as a 2-7 matchup because Washington is playing as tough as anybody, and Mitchell's been there all year. This will be a great nightcap for the AA tournament. This is going to be a lot of fun. I think all four of those matches, I don't think anyone would be super surprised. I don't think there's a huge shock there if any of those lower four teams win, but I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. Of those lower four teams, which has the best potential to make a three-game run? We've got O'Gorman, Watertown, Huron, Sioux Falls, Washington, all coming in as, I guess, quote-unquote underdogs. But do one of those four teams have what it takes to win three in a row? I I think Sioux Falls, Washington, if you're picking any of those four, I'm not saying it necessarily get by Mitchell because their toughest game might be Mitchell, but um, they've defeated Harrisburg, so they have that big win. They've defeated Stevens, who would be a possible semifinal matchup. Uh, you know, and then if they got that far, they could match up with Harrisburg in the final. So if I was having to pick one, Sioux Falls, Washington, they're a seventeen, uh, they're a seven seed, but again, fifteen and five in their yeah. last twenty. 
but they better play their best match of the year if they even want to survive round one with Mitchell. Um, you know, so it's dangerous even even yeah. going into that that realm just talking about that. But it just gives you an idea, though, that these teams, some of the lower seeded teams, have the potential to really do some damage in this yeah. tournament. Well, and and you talk about you know especially with Double A because these teams have all faced each other, mm-hmm. and you know the conference foes have faced each other multiple times. You know there is there there aren't any hidden secrets, right? And and that really normally means you know nothing's going to surprise them. It's going to be who comes out loose, right? Who plays without pressure and who plays their best volleyball. And in a state tournament environment, that's what it should be to crown a state champion. Exactly. All right, that's your double A tournament that is set for, of course, Thursday start, Friday semifinals, and a Saturday championship game. All three of these formats set up the exact same way. Let's move on to Class A now, where we've got the beginning match, Sioux Falls Christian, McCook Central Montrose, the one versus eight. Um, Sioux Falls Christian, obviously the heavy favorite in this one. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, they come in 28-4, uh, and four, uh, but undefeated versus uh, South Dakota teams on the season. You know, we talk about them. We talked about this in the preseason as well. Um are they on a mission, right? Uh, do they have last year's state tournament probably disappointment on their mind? And all year they have shown that they have, you know, I think Darcy talked about at the beginning of the year, we need to continue to get better every single week and not peak too early. And they have been on a mission this year. Uh, Handily Madison, 2-0 and versus Dakota Valley, uh, the Dakota 12, you know, conference champions. Ugh. Uh, you know, such, such a tough a, conference. Yeah, yeah. That that conference tournament was like a state it semifinal, really um, and they have handled all, all all challengers so far. You know, have to be the predominant favorite in this tournament. But McCook Central Montrose, all year, uh, as I've talked to teams that they faced or have them on the schedule, they coach have said, "Boy, they are such a tough team." So again, they play a very balanced, very difficult schedule. Probably not at the level of Sioux Falls Christian, but again, uh, the way their losses versus some common opponents, uh, as I look at up and down earlier in the season, they've won their last 11 matches. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, they've beaten Wagner, which was a top five to seven Class A team all year. They beat Hanson, number three team in Class B. So this is a solid team. Uh, they just happen to be going up against a, a very, very dominant. Sioux Falls Christian team in, yeah. in round one. Sioux Falls Christian's losses came to Western Christian twice, yep. Sioux Center, and then Sergeant Bluff, Luton, Iowa. So all four of those out-of-state losses, they have been very good. And uh, that's your first matchup of the day. Second matchup of the day, again, the 4-5 matchup, yep. always an interesting one. And this one, definitely no exception. Madison comes in at number four. Miller comes in at number five. Yeah, I I love this matchup. I love both of these teams, both 25 and 4 on the year. Uh you look at Madison's losses, uh I believe two to Sioux Falls Christian. Let me see. Uh two losses to Sioux Falls Christian and then uh they have a loss to Western Christian and Dakota Valley. Yeah, Western Christian one of the top teams in yeah. Iowa, Dakota Valley. So all of their losses, quality losses, um, and they were in all of those matches. Right. Uh, I believe all of them went to at least four. Uh, you know, we got to see with the Pentagon, great team. The problem, I think, with Madison is if you look at their Sweet 16 battle with Del Rapids, right. they fall down 0-2. They almost didn't make it here. And and the same thing when I watched them at the Pentagon tournament, 
uh, when they played Parker, for example, fell down early right away. Uh, and that can be trouble in the state tournament yeah. where you probably better bring your best game right away. So the, the thing with Madison, senior dominated. They had their run last year. They have the experience. Uh, we talked about a year ago at this time, they were just happy to get to a state tournament. They, you know, with the Sweet 16 format, their first chance at a state tournament. But then they got their opportunity. You know, played their best match probably of all time, knocked off Sioux Falls Christian. Next thing you know, they're in the state championship game. Well, now they're back. Seniors, all those girls have been there before, right? Same situation they were last year. Yeah, did they knock off Christian? Did they knock off Dakota Valley? No, they didn't during the regular season. But I think if you ask them, they aren't scared to play any of those teams. Miller, on the other hand, 25 and 4, a little bit of mixture of youth, uh, you know, of course, led by, you know, sophomore Katie Fernholz. But they also have five seniors on the team. You talk with their coach and look at their schedule. Okay, when the games are supposed to win, okay, but they didn't have that marquee win on the year. Lost to Warner, lost to Northwestern. Uh, I'm trying to think. It looks like Redfield Dolan yep. and Northwestern on back to back days, right. or in, same in, day in October, back in October. Right in, in the in the Redfield tournament, right. and you know the Redfield uh, Dolan loss might have been a slight disappointment. But those other ones, you know. So we taught Coach DeBoer what they need is that big win. They are exactly where Sioux Valley was, or excuse me, where Madison was a year ago, right? Hey, I think we deserve to be here. We're a great team. We're a talented team. Are we going to step up and knock off one of those marquee programs and show that we truly belong? Well, they're going to get their chance in the first round of the state tournament. Um, you know, very identical records, uh, different teams as far as experience-wise. But I think it's ironic that Miller, I think, is in the same position that Madison was a year ago. They get their opportunity. They're on the big stage at the state tournament. See what you do with it. And Madison, they have to survive because you know they're looking, maybe even looking ahead a little bit to that semifinal matchup with Sioux Falls Christian. Okay. Um, and wouldn't that be a great rematch from last year's tournament? Really looking forward to this one. And, and I think you make a great point about Madison uh, how they've gotten down early a couple times this year. The the bad part about that is you can't really do that in the state tournament and expect to come back. The good part is they know they can do it against good teams. So it's it'll be really interesting to see, especially in that first set or two, how that goes between Madison and Miller. Let's go to the session two where we've got a 6 o'clock Mountain Time start. Belle Fouche, number three seed, taking on number six Sioux Valley, Coach Vincent has got the Cossacks playing well, but Belfouche comes in with a really strong record. Yeah, uh, Coach uh, Schlichtenmeyer out in Belfouche, you know, 30 and 3 on the season, playing a lot of tournaments, a lot of matches, 30, 33 matches, a lot of matches on the year. Uh, one person I think we really need to uh, point out for Belfouche, Sierra Ward, outside hitter, she's a special player. Probably doesn't get some of the the notoriety and recognition, uh, you know, playing West River, but a great chance for her to be showcased on the on the state stage. Uh, one of the Player of the Year uh, candidates, Belfouche dominated uh, their schedule except for the Redfield tournament. Right. They came to Redfield, you know. Uh, talked to Coach Schlichtenmeyer after that. Uh, you know, wasn't really disappointed, uh, but she said, hey, we learned a lot from that tournament. We know what our weaknesses are now playing against some solid teams uh, in that tournament. And 
From there, uh, they've gone undefeated since that tournament. So big run before, slip up in the Redfield tournament, and then a big run since. They come in at 30-3. and three. They're going to have a great crowd out there, uh, you know, representing them as well. They're back in the state tournament. They missed out last year getting defeated by uh, Custer. But uh, they're back in the Sweet 16. They're top Sioux Valley. You know, they're just kind of that team that nobody really talks about. And 25 and 4, uh, you know, Rachel Miller, their, their senior setter, uh, one of the top all-time um, assist leaders in the state. Uh, I think that's their third straight trip to the state tournament. They have some experience. They state finals a couple of years ago. I think they got beat by Dakota Valley. Senior-laden team. They had a goal at the beginning to be the first time ever making it to three straight state tournaments. They accomplished that goal. These guys are just always around. They won their division at the Pentagon Tournament earlier. Play a tough schedule. Uh, I think if you lost, uh, uh, they've gotten beat by, I'm trying to think, uh, Chester, I know, Parker, McCook Central, Montrose. For common opponents, yep. Uh, you know, but they've also played. They have a win versus Hanson. I know yep. in the the Pentagon tournament. So Sioux Valley is going to be there. They're used to being there. And this, to me, when I've been around them, when I've watched them play, this is just a loose group, and that's important in the state tournament. I don't think they're going to show any jitters. They've been here before, so you're going to get their best matchup. But again, four five. Um, excuse me, six, uh, three, three six, six, yep. three, six. But it seems me, more like a four or five. Yeah, yeah, Sioux Valley is a very talented six seed to me. So this could be another great matchup to watch. All right. And then to finish up uh, Thursday night, we've got Dakota Valley coming in at the number two seed. Had a very, very solid season against Parker, a team that just always seems to find a way to make that state tournament. Coach Christensen's done a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, and and uh, you know milestone year for her and her program, making the jump from Class B to Class B uh, Class A this year in a very solid Class A field, as we've talked about. They come in with a twenty-five and six record. You know, uh, Parker again, one of those younger squads in a very senior-laden Class A field. The three seniors on their team. Uh, they have made the, you know, again, the jump from B to A, uh, they have the only team to defeat Northwestern on the season, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. They have a loss versus Sioux Falls Christian, Madison, but Cook Central Montrose. Good so, schedule. Yeah, I mean, they they have losses versus three of the teams in the field, but they also have a win, the only win versus one of the best teams in the state. So they come in, you know they are about postseason. They have the history, the tradition. Just look what they um, did in the Sweet 16 against Redfield Dolan, a team that that really had some good notches on their post. They had a they had a good season and took them out 3-0. Right, right. And and we had talked about earlier some of their matches, even their loss. Um, I believe to Madison, they were up early against Madison. Uh, this is a team that know how to play. I think early on they maybe were figuring out some of their rotational uh, situations. They have that taken care of now. And again, a team that won't be afraid of the big stage, if you will. And, and then we talk about Dakota Valley defending you know, uh, state champions. Uh, Dakota Valley comes back. Uh, again, very veteran crew. They have been in many matchups. Two losses versus Sioux Falls Christian. Their own two versus Sioux Falls Christian on the earth. The, uh, their only other loss to an Iowa school. Again, play a very solid, very competitive uh, schedule during the year. Uh, wins versus Madison as well. 
Uh, you know, you talk about with them eight seniors on their roster, uh, led by the Lammers twins, Meredith, Elizabeth Lammers, talked about them over and over, uh, some of the top players in the state. And Amy Wiseman, new coach, we asked how would that affect them early in the year? Uh, no effects for them. They just kept on rolling like they did. Uh, coach Wiseman's got her system implemented, right? Her team now, they've had the whole season. Uh, the two lost Sioux Falls Christian, you know, they're probably looking ahead. They have one goal in mind when they come to a state tournament now, that's to win it all. Uh, you know, they're looking for that rematch, I'm sure, with Sioux Falls Christian. But, you know, Parker's a team that will give them their best shot in round one. This class features features a lot of stars, really. Let's talk a little bit about some of the star power who can really lift yeah. their team up. Um, you mentioned the Lammers. Uh, mm. we got to talk about Ellie Voss, yeah. too. Yeah, well, and not only Ellie Voss, but Ellie Strasser, uh, yeah. you know, from, from Sioux Falls Christian on a team that's just loaded with talent. Uh, but uh, it was interesting. Those two um, have led the way for them this season and can take over a match. Also, you know, I think Dakota Valley – will need, you know, uh, Lammers Twins to play at their best and to play consistent. Uh, it's a word we used earlier earlier in the year with them to take over. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, a Katie Fernholz for yeah. Miller. Uh, she's going to have to play by far her best along, bring their teammates along with Olivia Rude uh, from, Madison, you know, yeah. from Madison to go along with a very talented senior teammates on her team. When you get in to a bracket like this with, you know, probably four teams for sure that can win it, but very talented teams, it's going to take a star to carrying a team on their back at crucial points in the tournament, right? right? And elevating their play even more. And it's going to be so fun to watch some of these stars that we've talked about, some of these player of the year finalists, which one or ones will step up to a level they've never even been at before. It's probably going to take something like that to win a state championship at the Class A this weekend. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, you know, obviously you need a, a complete team effort as far as consistency goes. You you know, the weak links, you can't have them. But the stars, you're right, Darren, those stars are the ones that make the big points when they matter. Yeah, and I, I think it's so. That's what's so great about watching a state tournament atmosphere is which players are going to step up to that spotlight and which ones are going to kind of shy away. When you're down, when you're down twenty four, twenty three, and you get set, which player is going to attack like it's zero zero, right, mm -hmm. with no pressure, yep. not thinking about it. Which ones are going to do that when you have to serve three points in a row to get your team back in the match? You know, they won't have a service error at a critical time. That is what it's going to take, and that's what's so cool about the Class A yeah. this year is if you don't, another team will step up and take that if their stars step up. And yes, it's a team game. It's going to take you know team play, but you're probably more likely than not, you're going to see one of these superstars elevate their game to another level, and that's what's going to be fun to watch for yeah. three days is which one's going to do it because there's several candidates that have a chance to do it this weekend. It's going to be great. Let's move on to last but not least, Class B. We've got the Sweet 16 format giving us a really good field. First of all, talk about that. Just just the Sweet 16 format giving us a great field of teams. 
Yeah, I, and and I've been a proponent for it. I was excited about it for this situation right here, and we talked about it way back in August. Uh, probably the biggest beneficiaries for that could be Warner and Northwestern. Right. It, you know, uh, for the state, I, I I think it's uh, almost like an early Christmas present to see those guys and to see them on opposite ends of the bracket. Uh, it gave them, you know, a chance. Also, a team like Hanson that was in a loaded uh, region, if you will, it gave them, you know, an opportunity to advance. Uh, Dubrook another. Other team that probably you know benefited from the Sweet 16 format. New team that's been in a tough region every year. Uh, you know, and in past have had to go up against Chester area, which is a perennial state right. tournament, state championship game team. Now, yeah, they meet them in the first round, but they had that opportunity to advance. Uh, you know, so much of a more balanced field, talented field. I can't say exactly the top eight because I know uh, we had, you know, Faith, the eight seed, uh, had knocked off Phillip, which was the top yeah. team out west. So, um, but they had that opportunity. They played their way into the state tournament. They deserve the chance as well. So, Class B really represent what I think is great about the Sweet 16 yeah, format. I, I like it because we've got, like you said, so many quality teams. We still have representation from the Faiths, the right. Burks South Central. Yes. So, a lot of the regions still represented. There's a couple that are not. Uh, and then you've got teams like Hanson who who have run into Chester so often yeah. and they're able to make it in the Warners and the you know like you said the Dubrooks getting a chance to play in this tournament as well. So with that, let's just let's start breaking these teams down. We got uh, Northwestern taking on Faith in the opener. Yeah, Northwestern such a balanced team. Uh 32 and 1 on the season again we talked about their only uh, their only loss Parker defeated so many uh state tournament teams you know they they're uh 2 and 0 versus uh 2 and 0 versus Warner in the big matchup there on the year uh who's you know basically they're the 3 seed in the tournament then they're ranked number 2 pretty much all season long uh they've beaten a lot of class A teams yeah. too yeah a very uh a very loaded schedule for them they won the Warner or excuse me the Redfield tournament and there's one other early season uh tournament i believe they went to was it in Parkston I believe there's a Parkson early. one and yep. then Tyndall. It looks like they played. Yeah, in the Bonhomme, uh, the Bonhomme mm-hmm. Classic, they won those. So all of those are great uh, regular season tournaments, classics, and they won those again. Their only blemish, you know, Parker. They're led by you know, first of all, Coach Grovner's system, and we talked about that earlier. These guys are on a mission. When they were younger, these girls that are seniors, juniors now were younger played against Warner and were competitive every year as they've grown up. These guys do not make mistakes, right? They're so balanced. Uh, they are so fundamentally sound, and they are so good about giving it their best every single match. That's the mentality you need in a state tournament. Uh, you know, they come in led by Peyton Groff, one of the Player of the Year candidates, also the Fishback girl. Um, but you look, I was really surprised that they don't have more seniors uh, th- than they do. This is a very balanced team. It's just such a solid team that's been dominant basically all year long. Faith, uh, you know, with Faith um, and Coach Lemel, uh, you know, Mandy from Faith, 21 and 11 on the year, upset Phillip in uh, the district, right, to make it to the Sweet 16, I believe. And so they come in, very happy to be there, uh, you know, 11 losses, just going up against such a tough opponent in Northwestern. This probably is one of your more uh, true one versus eight. Yeah. Uh, 
But again, it's postseason, and they're there. A lot of teams that aren't. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they show up. Are they intimidated? Do they play loose? Uh, and what kind of match they give Northwestern right away? But, you know, I, I, I just think Northwestern's such a predominant favorite yeah. in this tournament um, and have so much going for them, experience, talent, coaching. Uh, they have to be the favorite in that match. Yeah, I, I think everybody would agree with that. You're, you make a good point, though. Northwestern, with just three seniors, Faith with just three seniors. Right, so a right. couple teams with the bright future, even though they do have some great senior leadership, some bright future of players coming up. So the 1.45 p.m. matchup, Mountain Time, of course. Hanson coming in at number four. Harriet Selby area coming yeah. in at number five. What do you see here, Darren? This is a great 4-5 matchup, and I think all three classes really have that. But, uh, you know, uh, Coach Price and, and Hanson, 27-2. and two. This is the team that, for me anyways, kind of snuck up on us during the year. Uh, we had some other teams ranked ahead of them in preseason rankings. They just kept winning. They just kept winning. Again, another very difficult schedule. I know one of their losses, well, McCook Central Montrose, and then they lost to Sioux Valley in the Pentagon Tournament. Only two losses, two state A tournament teams. Uh, they have uh, wins versus Canastota, which was one of the top right. teams. Got upset in the first round of district play, I believe, Class B. And then they also have a win versus Chester, uh, which is the two seed. So this is a four seed. Maybe I, I, I'm guessing on seeding points based on Chester uh, Chester Warner having a stronger strength of schedule, maybe, but. Well, they played, played quite a few teams with above 500 record, which has got to you know that's got to help your strength of schedule a little bit too. But you're right, right. that the, that win really did help them. Right, yeah, and so they come in as the four seed, uh, you know, and Harriet Selby area again, a team that really was overlooked and and overlooked by us with with the coaches poll as well. Um, I didn't have the chance to see them, but they just kept winning and winning and winning all season long. Jody Schmidt's their coach, uh, you know. Uh, Playing their schedule, uh, I know Madison Eisman, uh, the libero. Again, another you know kind of mix of youth and experience with them. A ton of bottom, which is great, and that's the awesome opportunity about them making the state tournament, right, and getting to showcase what they're all about on a statewide stage. Uh, but this is a true four or five matchup. I really like Hanson. I've got to see him a couple times this year. Twenty-seven and two. The record speaks for itself. Um, you know, don't want to uh, sell Harriet Selby area short. Right. Uh, but I look at Hanson as more of a two or a three seed here. They're in the four, uh, the four spots. So, uh, you know, I guess they'll play it out on Thursday. But the Hanson team is fun to watch, and they are very talented. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the night session where Warner comes in as the number three seed, and they take on Burke South Central at number six. I actually did get to watch them a little bit at the Corn Palace and uh, they've got they've got some serious players on that team as well. But Warner definitely comes in as the favorite. Right. First of all, a great story. This is what the state tournament's all about. Uh, uh, with talking with uh, Bill Joe Erdahl, their head coach, and uh, send a couple of emails back and forth trying to get some information on the team. And first time I believe making the state tournament, uh, you know, for the school. And she just talked about what a great experience it's been for the kids, how much fun they're having preparing, how much fun, you know, community support. And that is what is so awesome about the state tournament. Sometimes tend to overlook and we see these teams that make it year after year after year. And it's like it's an expectation. 
a team like this that hasn't been there right. or been there very often, for them, the excitement, this is an experience these kids will never, ever forget. The community won't forget. So first of all, great for them. And just their attitude about making it and how appreciative and excited they are for the opportunity. That's really cool. So we yeah, want, to see, cool. want to see them do well. And it's so great talking with Coach uh, you know, this past week and hearing her excitement for, uh, for their opportunity. Uh, you talk about uh, Warner. Uh, Warner's been there last year, defeated by Northwestern, broke their uh, string of state tournaments, say championship game appearances. So they're back. Uh, Sweet 16 format helping them out. They come in as a three seed. Their uh, losses on the year, uh, they have two losses in Northwestern, and they have a loss to Madison. Uh, I believe that's their three losses on the year. Both Madison ranked, uh, what do we say, number four in Class A, right? Uh, We know how solid of a team they are, and obviously we know how well uh, Northwestern has played all year long. So uh, no, you know, they don't have any bad losses on their on uh, on their schedule. They have wins versus Parker, Miller. Uh, they have uh, Chester and Dubrook, yeah. all state tournament teams. So Quality schedule. They're going to be there. The thing is, and we talked during the year, it's the health of, you know, Peyton Ellingson really affects how the, she goes. They are a team. Now, one thing I think has probably made them – a more solid all-around team was at times during the year they had to limit her play um, and other players have stepped up. So will that pay benefits, but they are going to need their best players, their seniors to step up. Um, you know the way Coach Young prepares. They'll take every game important. They look at that possible semifinal mass matchup with Chester. That would be a rematch of when they met at the Pentagon earlier this year. Uh, that'd be a rematch of the state championship game a couple years ago. You want to talk about two great Class yeah. B programs that are used to being in big games. That would be a really fun uh, semifinal matchup, but Warner's loaded. They got their opportunity. They're in the opposite half of the bracket as Northwestern. Uh, they're probably just hoping to get one more shot at them on a Saturday night. All right, let's move on to, speaking of Chester, they are the number two seed taking on number seven, Dubrick area. 7.45 time for the start. Chester comes in again. They are the favorite. They, they've been here before, right, Darren? Right, uh, yeah. Chester has been there, uh, you know, been here for quite a few years right now, state champions a couple years ago, runner-up, uh, I think two of the past three years, of, if I remember correctly, lost to, uh, I believe it was Northwestern last year in the state title game. Uh, they have wins versus Parker, versus Dubrick, versus McCook Central Montrose. Uh, they have a loss to Warner, uh, loss to Hanson, and then uh, Parker, I believe, as their losses on the year. This is a team, and I think uh, Coach Benson told us earlier in the season, this is going to be a different type of Chester team. Maybe not the big, dominant, big hitters uh, in the front row. They are scrappy. They are based on defense. But that's also what it takes to win big games in the postseason. This was another squad, as I looked, I didn't realize how young they were. A couple seniors, but uh, a lot of their talent, you know, led probably by, you know, Hannah Reef, Libero, so important in the back row uh, with our defense and setting up their offense. Also, Jane Wages, outs- Wages outside hitter, another junior to watch. Some, a couple of the top underclassmen players in the state. This is a scrappy team, and what Coach Benson really liked about them is the fact that they're not going to give up free points. May not have as many kills, but they're going to keep points alive. They're not going to make defensive mistakes. And in the postseason, when times get tough, people get you know tight. Um, 
that's really important to win a game. So this is a team, you know, they're used to being here again, a traditional power, right. and they're back again as a two seed because they played a very solid schedule. Um, you know, Dubrick, on the other hand, Dubrick, uh, first time in, in quite a while, Dubrick area, uh, making the the state tournament, and, you know, Coach uh, Rochelle DeBeer, their head coach, got to see them a couple times this year. Again, no slouches, and and to make it, out of the Sweet 16 format, you have to be a quality team to make the state tournament. And, and you know, they're led by um, Tori Burnt, well, their senior at Libero, also Shaley DeBeer, uh, junior, uh, middle hitter, also one of their setters. And then Courtney Bauman, senior outside hitter, some of their top players, you know, for those of us who don't know maybe as much about Dubrook, we got to see them uh, this summer. We got to see them at the Pentagon tournament. And... A scrappy team that's played Chester. Yeah, they came up short during the year, but they're familiar with Chester. Probably feel like this is a good first-route matchup because there isn't a lot of unknown. They know what they're going to get. They know what they're up against. And when you're playing a common opponent for a second or third time during the season, there's always a little bit of a chance for an upset. You bet. You definitely is. And as I look at this Class B bracket altogether, uh, if the top four seeds indeed do win the first round, you've got you got some traditional powers yep. in the semifinal. Friday night has the potential to be as good as advertised. We've got Northwestern, Hanson, potentially, Warner, Chester area. That would be phenomenal. It would be. And, and I would like to see that for a simple fact. I would like to see Hanson get that shot at right. Northwestern, right? Survive that first round, get that big shot, upperclassmen, right? A veteran team, had a great season. Again, it's kind of that... Madison philosophy we talked about last year, right? Waited, you waited, you waited, mm-hmm. you put in your hours, you took your lumps early. You know, maybe for years, you get your shot in the state tournament. What do you do with it, right? right? And then it's up to them. Northwestern, again, can they play with the pressure of being defending state champs? Can they play with the pressure having such a great season? Um, you know, they're looking at matching up against a couple teams for the second time, right? Mm-hmm. Are they looking ahead to the state final game with a possible rematch with Warner? Do they take care of business with a team like Hanson? I think that would be a lot closer match than a lot of people think. And then Warner-Chester, traditional powers, right? Uh, very talented, some superstar-type athletes on those teams, along with some great role players and two excellent coaches. Excellent coaches. Um, I, yeah, and I think yep. if you talk about that semifinal match, not that – there are any poor coaches in this because you right. don't get to a state tournament without great coaching. But you look at some of those, you know, a Groth, a Benson, a Jung as possible, you know, coaches in the semifinal. Oh, yeah, they're legendary that, coaches. Yeah, they're that would in a whole be, other realm. That would be a great Friday night. And then, um, you know, I think Chester would also love a rematch with Warner. Um, I don't think they played their best match when they played at the Pentagon earlier this year, the only time they matched up. So I know those kids would welcome that rematch. Uh, you know, I that's a great thing about all three classes being in the same court. Friday night semifinals is going to be some awesome volleyball. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Just the way it's set up in Rapid City to to watch all all the games at once. Yeah, and I've only been to it one time a couple years ago when it was Sioux Falls, but all three courts running at the same time. Um, as a volleyball fan, you can sit there and check everything out one time. Um, you know, a little bit. You know. When a game's going on the far court, if you're on one end, you're a little bit detached from that. But there's a there's a way for the hometown crowds to get right up close and personal to them. But 
also just the average fan to sit back and watch all three matches at once. It's like um, red zone almost. Yeah, it is. A guy like me with my ADHD, it's hard to keep track. There's like so much going on. You really don't pay attention to anything. But when matches get tight, you can focus in on that. Yeah. And you just get to see so many top-level athletes going at it at once where when it's in three different sites, you miss some of that, you right? You miss two of the three sites. Plus, um, you know, with the broadcasting and, and everything like that, people from the state get to see everybody televised in one, you know, one location. Um, you know, the weather's supposed to be great, so I hope travel out there. You know, the crowds will be great. Um, it, you know, it's just going to be a three three fun days of volleyball and great way to cap off. It's been an awesome season. Yeah, you're heading out there a little early, right? Yep, we'll head out there tomorrow and uh, greet some of our teams at, at the team hotel. It's fun. The teams have practices tomorrow and get everything all set up, and then we're just going to kick back and and uh, be a fan for three days and uh, and uh, watch some volleyball. I'm just excited to see how some of these matchups, uh, you know, how they play out. Uh, you know, the seniors are here, but now the kids have to step up and, and perform. And it's awesome watching the cream rise of the crop, if you will. Cream rise to the top, if you to will. To the top, me. exactly. And you, you've helped put together a watch list of players of the year. And at the end of the year, uh, Midco Sports will present that on our network. Uh, you will present it, but we will also cover that as well. So be looking for some extra volleyball coverage in the next couple of weeks. We'll have highlights of all the games in uh, the, the final games in Rapid City, and then the week after, we hope to to work with you, Darren, on that uh, player of the year that you've been working so hard on this year. Yeah, we have some great candidates, and again, what's special about our award is the kids are going to have an opportunity to donate money. Uh, uh, part of their award will be donating to the charity of their choice, which we think will be something kind of special, yeah. a new a unique gift, and give the kids a chance to give back and also honor some of the the top talent. You know, you're never going to hit all of the talent because I think that's what's great about South Dakota volleyball is it's getting to be more and more competitive with the region. We're getting more and more top-level players, and it's just a case. This weekend, the All-State Awards, the All-Star Games, what we're doing with the Player of the Year, just some opportunities to highlight some of the talented and quality kids that we have in South Dakota, and we're just, you know, we're really fortunate to point out the positive kids that are playing this sport and doing things the right way. And and uh, we thank you guys for your coverage. It's been awesome this year. Well, we appreciate your help, that's for sure. And I feel I feel totally prepared <laughs> to sit down and watch some volleyball this weekend now that we've gone through this. And hopefully you guys have too. Uh, tell your friends that uh, we've got these podcasts on a – you know, every month or so basis during the volleyball season. So if they would like uh, some extra coverage, we'll we'll try to give it to you. Um, I'm Jason Adair for Darren Tipton. That's going to do it. We will talk to you later on the next Midco Sports Network podcast. Thanks for listening to this Midco SN podcast. To listen to any of our past episodes, go to midcosn.com slash podcast.